Welcome to the Lancer Report. Uh, I'm your host, Jack Simone, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Blake Thorne and Jacob Frazier. How are you guys doing today? You know, it's, uh, it's a beautiful day outside, and uh, the Bruins are up 2-1 in the series, so I'm doing beautiful. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing good, boys. I mean, as you just said, the bees are up in the series. Couldn't be better. They got a game tonight, so we're in for a good one, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. See, I knew that was coming up, and I don't think I'm going to feel the same way after the Celtics take on the Nets in the next series, but I'll, I'll share your joy for the Bruins the rest of the way. But uh, we, we do have some news in Worcester State Athletics. Uh, field hockey is getting a new coach. Haley Sutherland, a 2018 graduate of Worcester State, will take over as the head coach of the field hockey team next year. Sutherland replaces head coach Alexa Carlson, who elected to step down to focus on her family and to attend nursing school. She will stay with the program as an assistant coach. Uh, despite only four years at the helm of Worcester State field hockey, Carlson will go down as the most decorated coach in program history. Uh, in her four seasons, the Lancers went 60 and 22 for a winning percentage of 0.732, winning three MASCAC regular season championships and two Little East regular season championships. Her crowning achievement came in her final season as she led the Lancers to a program record 18 wins and an LEC championship in 2019. As a player, Sutherland captained the Lancers in her senior season in 2017 and was named LEC Player of the Year and two-time LEC First Team All-Conference selection. In her senior season, she became the first ever Worcester State field hockey student athlete to receive All-American honors as she was named a Synapse Sports Third Team All-American. So, I mean, just impressive resumes all around. Sutherland coming in as the new head coach. Carlson had an impressive resume here. I mean, I, I want to talk about that resume for uh, Coach Carlson here. 60 and 22 in her seasons at Worcester State. I, I mean, an incredible run. Uh, obviously, very valid reasons for stepping down as the head coach. Uh, more important things to focus on. But in her time at Worcester State, just crazy impressive accomplishments. Uh, three Coach of the Year awards. It's just, what do you guys think of the run she had at Worcester State? I mean, to put it loosely, I mean, she is, she's put the team on her back. I mean, simply, I mean, she took this, <laughs> I mean, she took this team to where they are now and it's incredible. Um, you know, the new coach has a lot to prove and, you know, big shoes to fill, but I, you know, I believe in, you know, who she's, who she is as a coach. And I know she's going to take this team to another level as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's a crazy winning record for a coach and for Sutherland to play under her for some of those years, too. I think that she knows the culture very well and just the team as a whole. And I think she's going to come in and maybe carry on Carlson's legacy. Exactly. No, no one better to take over than someone who actually played under Carlson. I expect Sutherland to move forward with the same success. Uh, as Coach Carlson did uh, in her years as the Worcester State head coach, especially because Coach Carlson's still going to be on as assistant coach. So that winning pedigree is still going to be there for the field mm -hmm. hockey team moving forward. Looking forward to see what they do. And uh, in other news, uh, on May 7th, the MASCAC presidents announced that there will be a return to fall sports competition for the fall of 2021. This includes sports of men's and women's cross country, field hockey, football, men's golf, men's and women's soccer, and volleyball. More details will be made available about the fall sports season as we get closer to the start. But I mean, fellas, fall sports are back at Worcester State. I can't be more excited. When we started this show, you know, Blake, you joined us in the spring season, but Jacob and I were talking, just no sports going on. I, I can't be more excited uh, to see Worcester State get their fall sports season back. What, what do you guys think? You smell that, Jack? It's normalcy coming back to life. It's amazing. I mean, again, like we said before, like we weren't able to enjoy the fall sports this year, and it, it was a tough toll for the, not only the athletes, but just the fans of Worcester State to want to see their, you know, their sports do as well as they, we know what they can. 
So, I mean, it's, it's amazing to see that they're coming back and uh, I couldn't be more excited to see what they have in store for us. Definitely. I mean, I haven't had a normal season where I've worked all sports games for the sports information office and for all of these sports to be back up and running. I'm absolutely hyped up to just be able to cover them all and do the work that I can. I mean, I want to do all the sports that I can. So I'm very excited to see all these sports back up and running. Oh yeah. And I can't, I can't imagine how excited these student athletes are to finally get sports back. I know everybody in the Worcester State Athletics Department is super exciting. And speaking of that, we have uh, athletic director Michael Mudd coming on the show to give us some insight about the upcoming season, as well as some insight on the spring season, how that went down. So we're going to throw it over to our interview with him right now. It's our pleasure to welcome Michael Mudd, the Director of Athletics at Worcester State University. Since he began in April of 2014, he has helped oversee projects such as building the new Wellness and Recreation Center, the finding of a new home for Worcester State Ice Hockey, the Worcester Ice Center, and the renovations to Coughlin Field back in 2019. During his time as AD, nearly half of all student athletes have been named to the MASCAC All-Academic Team, and several teams have competed in NCAA championship events, including two individual national championships. Without further ado, how are you today, Mike? Uh, Athletic Director Mudd. Hey, Jack and Blake, uh, thank you for having me on, and thanks for all you all the work you've put in this year for, for Worcester State Athletics. We appreciate it. Of course. Uh, so when we had you on the show in the beginning of the fall semester, you gave us a breakdown of the guidelines that were put in place so teams could practice. How well do you think those regulations worked, and how happy are you with the end result? Yeah, well, listen, I mean, obviously it was tough to not have a uh, – a fall season per se with contest against other colleges. Uh, but it was, was, was good that we at least could get the, the young men and women out being active with their respective sports. I, I think first of all, a lot of thanks needs to go out to the student athletes and coaches. You know, we, we did have to put in some pretty stringent guidelines that were uncomfortable for sure for uh, certainly things we weren't really used to, you know, to have to wear a mask to, to run around and play field hockey or football or soccer certainly isn't ideal. But at the end of the day, you know, we were happy we could get the kids out and the coaches out. I think it's important for their mental health to get out there, out of their dorms or their residencies and be with their teammates and, you know, be the camaraderie that you get playing a sport. So I, I think that, um, you know, certainly I got a lot of great feedback from the student athletes. While it wasn't ideal, I think they were very happy that we, you know, I like to thank my staff as well. It took a lot of heavy lifting on our end to create a foundation, if you'll, to allow us to play. But I think the kids were appreciative of the fact that we at least got them out and about to, to do the sport they love playing. Well, again, perfect world, we would have had some games, but uh, it was better than nothing for sure. Yeah, I mean, definitely not ideal situation, uh, especially in the fall. And that kind of leads into the next question I had. It, it was obviously unfortunate that fall sports were un- unable to have the season they wanted. Uh, even with all the regulations uh, like that you mentioned that were put in place. Uh, but those regulations did make it so Worcester State was able to have a spring season filled with sports. So how excited were you when you found out that the spring season would be able to happen? Oh, extremely excited. You know, um, I had never imagined, you know, March of 2020 when we canceled the spring season a year ago now, I never imagined not having a fall season, let alone a winter season. Um, and lo and behold, that's what happened. So when we found out we were going to have a spring season, obviously we're all ecstatic. I think all my staff was happy, my trainers, my SID. Um, this is why we do what we do. You know, we're here because we love athletics. We love the kids. We love to get the kids out on the field competing. 
Um, so I think for our student athletes and coaches, obviously, uh, they were rewarded um, for their patience. And we did get, you know, we got a good season. They got about two thirds of a season in. Um, it went well. We had very few issues. Um, you know, we were lucky. We, we had the blueprint of, of last summer through COVID. If you think about it, most of the spring sports, baseball, softball, lacrosse, you know, those sports started participating last summer, um, a few months into COVID. So by sports, and I should add track and field as well, but sports being outdoors, we knew was going to be, um, I guess I'll say a less hard um, project for us to try to keep our student athletes and coaches safe by being in the outdoors. We all know the virus doesn't spread as much as indoors. Uh, and really, I think a lot goes, uh, a lot of credit goes to the presidents. I think the college presidents, Barry Maloney leading the charge, our president here at Worcester State University, I think they very much wanted to get the spring season in after losing a season the year before. So, you know, collectively, we all got it done. It was a good year. I uh, would have loved to have gotten a full complement of games in for all the teams. But I think if you ask all the student athletes, you know, getting 60, 70% of their games in, uh, that's a pretty good year. And, and hopefully this is, uh, we'll be back to normal soon. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> Definitely. So when you were getting the spring season up and going, what would you say were the biggest challenges when you were getting it going? Well, I think, you know, and I'm stealing another person's quote, but but it really is a great analogy. You're, you're, you're building the plane while flying it, you know, and nobody had a manual for COVID. There was no, nobody, there's no COVID-19 for dummies for athletic directors to follow. Uh, we were literally all starting from scratch and, you know, you, you really rely on the health experts, your trainers, the rest of your staff um, to come up with, concepts to keep our kids safe but the, the really the hardest thing is and you know any of my staff will tell you we, we would meet regularly to talk about covid and the minute you felt like you had a plan in place things would change there'd be new rules and regulations whether more uh tighter or looser um the virus was changing rapidly is the spread of it um you know even during the season itself when we were playing if a cluster formed on campus you know, we'd have to do a 180. We had a shut. We had a shutdown after our department a few times until the, the virus stopped spreading. So there's just no manual. The good news is that, um, you know, I think going into next year, we sort of do have a foundation. If we do have to still deal with the pandemic um, in any way, shape, or form, we, we do have some pretty good guidelines to follow, some protocols to follow. We can look at what we did this past year, what worked, what didn't work, where we can be a little less stringent. Um, you know, and have a good experience for the student athletes. But, you know, meeting regularly to talk about COVID was brutal. There's nothing, there's nothing sexy about it. It wasn't exciting to talk about. It was, it was miserable. Um, there's nothing fun about talking about COVID-19 and how can we least penalize our student athletes? Really, that's what it boils down to on a daily basis of, you know, what else can we put these people through? Um, but we, we felt we came up with a, the best method possible to try to get as many activities in as possible. But, uh, but building the plane as we fly, I think is the best analogy you can make to that question. <laughs> yeah. Right in the manual as you go, I suppose is, is what you guys had to do, but yes. 
back in the early winter, I think a lot of people were under the impression that there wouldn't be a spring season. And it was miraculously that there was one. So how important was it to you to make sure that the right steps were taken to make this season possible? Oh, very important. You know, I think that um, in my heart of hearts, the thought of the spring student athletes losing another season, uh, let alone crushing them would have crushed me. Uh, I felt sick to my stomach that our spring athletes lost the prior season. But at the end of the day, I, I really got to credit the presidents of the MASCAC because ultimately they hold the cards. And, um, you know, President Maloney made it point to me probably around the turn of the new year that, listen, you know, we're going to do everything in our power to have a, a spring season. We realize that we really can't uh, afford to not have a second spring season. We do have, like I said earlier, we do have the uh, template, if you will, that, that spring sports seem to be fairly safe through the pandemic, as long as you're outdoors. But none of this happens without the, without the presidents uh, agreeing to letting us play. Now, that being said, as athletic directors and athletic departments, uh, again, we had to meet as a conference. We met at least twice a week, uh, a couple hours each time, working on the plan that we had to get vetted by the to approve to allow our student athletes and coaches to, so, to participate. But again, ultimately it was the student athletes and the coaches that had to follow these protocols. And um, they did an incredible job. You know, it's not easy to be a college student to, um, to not congregate congregate and go to parties and go to restaurants and go to bars, uh, to not hang out as a team, uh, to go unmasked, uh, to play a sport with a mask on. Those are all really difficult, adverse things that, that our kids had to face. And I think overall, they did a really good job. We did have a few small clusters throughout the year, but nothing too major. We managed to get through it. Um, so I, I owe a debt of gratitude to all those stakeholders as well. But at the end of the day, it took a collective group of people to make it happen. And um, we're tickled pink that we could have a spring season. We, we didn't have the greatest results, I would say, on the field of play in our spring sports this year. Um, but that was really secondary. I made that point to our before the year started. I care most about our kids having a great experience, making sure they're playing the sport they love. Don't worry so much about wins and losses. And I think we accomplished that. Yeah. Um, so with all that has transpired over the past year and obviously all the obstacles you just listed that came along with COVID, how would you say the spring season went? It, yeah, it went well. I mean, going back to what I said a little bit earlier, it really went uh, without any interruption, very little interruption. I think we had a minor cluster with one of our spring teams. Well, it wasn't minor. It was a pretty good sized cluster, actually. But it was before the season started. Um, but it went well. The kids got their games in. 60, 70% of their games. You know, I think the parents, you know, we were fortunate at Worcester State. While, while fans weren't allowed, the way our facilities were kind of, uh, the way our facilities are set up here at Worcester State, I still, wink, wink, think our parents got to see a lot, a lot of live action, um, which I think was, was good. You know, I, 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 as a parent of athletes myself, it's tough to not be able to see your kids play live. So I'm, I'm happy that, you know, certainly for baseball, softball, lacrosse, I would say the parents got a pretty good opportunity, at least for the home games at Worcester State, to be able to watch their kids play live. If not, it was certainly live, live streamed, um, which, you know, fortunately the pandemic took place in 2021 and night, not 1990 before live stream. Otherwise, we probably would have had a lot more complaints. But, um, but overall, it went well. I'm glad we could have a great season. I saw a lot of smiles on the faces of my coaches and student athletes. And um, 
again, I can't wait for a more normalcy uh, next year. But overall, I'm really proud of the job that my staff did and the kids did and my coaches did to, to have a good season. Yeah, I think everybody was super excited just to have sports back. Everything seemed like it was going uh, amazingly well. I, I think it was a great spring season. But switching gears here a little bit, the big news as of late is the addition to women's ice hockey at Worcester State. So I wanted to ask you, how did the addition of the sport transpire? Well, thank you. We're really excited to be adding a women's varsity hockey team. You know, I think you guys know I come from a, a hockey background. And uh, when I arrived seven years ago, I really thought that women's ice hockey was an opportunity for us to be always exploring. Um, I think that Worcester State, the school really sets up nicely for a women's hockey program. Um, you know, it's a great, great campus and a great part of the state, great place to recruit. I think that a lot, you know, Worcester State has some incredible majors that, uh, not to generalize, but that really skews more toward a female demographic when you're talking nursing, occupational therapy, speech pathology, elementary education, things like that, I think tends to have a higher incidence of, of women, which I think uh, parallels nicely with, with a woman's ice hockey player. So it's always been on our radar. I've always made it a point to, to let the president know that I, you know, I'm, I'm always looking for the opportunity. The biggest problem we had was that um, you got, you know, in order for gender equity to meet up with our men's program, uh, you need to have ice in a locker room, set practice times in a locker room. And we just didn't have the availability of that. Um, you know, that being said, you know, obviously our good friends over at Becker College, what happened over there was really unfortunate. A lot of good people over there. Um, but I, when that happened, that they announced they're going to close their doors, I saw that as, a, as an opportunity to jump on immediately um, to try to potentially uh, procure their women's hockey program and, and, in essence, almost just transport it from Becker College to Worcester State. So right away, uh, you know, we, we did about two years worth of work in about literally five days to get that done. Um, I reached out to the Becker College athletic director, uh, who was very Frank Millerick, who was extremely accommodating, talked to their coach. Uh, but the bottom line is none of this happens without the cooperation of, of President Maloney and um, Kathy Eichelroff, our CFO, and Julie Kazarian uh, and our board of trustees, because we, we had to move a lot of mountains. Uh, I, it was really catching lightning in a bottle. Um, a lot of people wanted that ice time. A lot of people wanted those locker rooms. You can just look around central Massachusetts and identify other colleges, high schools, prep schools that wanted that space. Um, and I would like to think that my relationship with uh, some people at the Worcester Ice Center, as well as the fact we're already a tenant, uh, allowed us to, to, to grab that right away. But none of this happens without uh, some immediate action from people uh, at a higher level than me. So uh, it's a it's a coup for our university. We're really excited to be able to get uh, 20 to 25 young female student athletes, many of them from out of state, which is really big to any institution for a state school to get out of state. Staters is huge for a lot of reasons. Um, Eliza Kelly, our head coach, has done an incredible job. She was formerly the coach at Becker. She's done an incredible job already putting together pretty much a full roster and, procure, and getting a schedule developed. Uh, like I said, normally you would amount, you would announce about a year and a half ahead of time you're starting a women's hockey team, not five months before a drop of the puck. So uh, we are excited. There's still more work to do. Um, we're, you know, I, I would say the next biggest hurdle we have, which is going to be difficult, is to try to get into a, in a, into a conference. 
Uh, women's hockey isn't as clear cut as the men's um, side of things where there's numerous conferences in the Northeast. There's only two really in, in New England that Worcester State would maybe match up with. And, um, you know, so we're identifying that, trying to get into a conference. We'll play mostly an independent schedule this year. Um, but we expect to be competitive right out of the gate. You know, uh, Becker College's woman team was a five, close to a 500 team, I think, this year. A number of those girls have transferred here. Um, so we're, we're really excited. It's going to be great for Worcester State. It, it, it makes us more equitable from a Title IX standpoint as well. It just gives us more uh, legs marketing ourselves out in the central Massachusetts. And uh, I expect it to be a really successful program. Yeah, I definitely do too. I'm pretty excited about it myself. But uh, how will the integration of other schools' teams work moving forward with Worcester State in cooperation with other schools in the area who are also absorbing players? So do you mean just in women's hockey or in general? Like do you, all sports? Jack, do you want to help me here? Yeah, I, I think just the women's hockey, because obviously with Becker shutting its doors, uh, that unfortunate um, happenstance that all these girls coming from the Worcester ice hockey team could be going different places to play for different teams. But how is the integration of those girls to Worcester state and this new team at Worcester state going to, going to yeah. Work? So that's a great question actually. So number one, um, kudos to the Worcester state enrollment management department led by uh, Ryan Forsyth and Joe DiCarlo. Um, they put it again, I, as I mentioned, we caught lightning in a bottle and things had to turn around quickly and, you know, getting um, the admissions process to gel with the Becker transfers, that had to happen in a hurry. And it really did, because we knew, I had a good indication that a lot of the Becker women's hockey team wanted to stay in Worcester, preferably to play for Eliza Kelly, their head coach at Becker. Um, so knowing that going in and knowing the, you know, the reputation of Eliza and her background, um, as I, as I said earlier, it took, it took really a collaboration of a lot of different uh, elements of Worcester State to make this happen. And, um, you know, we've also had quite a few Becker student athletes uh, that are looking to transfer in other sports. Uh, I know football and field hockey, I think volleyball, uh, men's soccer, I think those sports, to name a few, uh, are going to have some Becker transfer students as well. So, you know, as I said earlier, the unfortunate incident at Becker, um, there is a silver lining that these kids do have a place to land that's just down the street. And, um, you know, it helps Worcester State as well. It's obviously great to get some more people to our university, should make our team stronger. Uh, but it really was a collaboration of a lot of different departments on campus to make it happen. And um, it, it, it's, it ends up being a good result for Worcester State for sure. Yeah, I appreciate the insight. Sorry if the question was a little bit confusing, but All right. um, is there any more information you could share or would like to share about the newest sport as Worcester State? Anything else you want to throw in there about the new women's ice hockey program? Um, no, I think I got it all out. I think that uh, we're excited. I've gotten tremendous feedback from the entire community um, at Worcester State, faculty, staff, administrators, alumni, trustees. I think a lot of people always thought that uh, that sport should be one of our sports. So, uh, you know, I'm proud, you know, I'm not going to lie over, over my seven year tenure. It's certainly one of my um, things I'm most proud of uh, to get it done. Um, you know, there's going to be a little, a little bit more, uh, some little more lifting for our department. You know, we're taking on another sport. Um, we're taking on another probably dozen home games 
um, which makes it a little more um, labor intensive all the way around. But for the good of the university and the good of the kids, we think it's the right thing to do. And um, we think it's a win-win for the school. I can completely agree with you there. So it was recently announced that the MASCAC <clears throat> fall sports will be returning in 2021. Would you uh, mind talking about the effort it took to get it to that point and how nice do you think it will be to finally have these sports back up and running? Yeah, well, the good news, uh, obviously I was ecstatic to hear that. It does help us for our planning um, for the new year. A lot, I would argue that our planning is more complex than ever because normally of our normal protocol of how to plan for the fall season. It's kind of the blueprint we followed every year. Last year was completely different. We prepared for a COVID season. This year is going to probably be a hybrid of some kind, right? I think we're going to be playing, but there still may be some COVID guidelines we have to follow. So the good news is that we certainly have the, uh, the template made for how to play fall sports through the pandemic, if we have to follow some of these guidelines, all the work's been done. Um, so while we didn't have a season last year, as athletic administrators, we felt as though we were prepared to, to play us to play fall sports. So uh, we should have everything in order to, you know, to get things up and running. And we expect it to be a, a pretty normal fall season. You know, fall around here is very busy. Uh, over half half our sport, well, 10, 10 of the 21 now, I guess a little less than half hockey 10 fall sports so um it's a busy season a lot going on plus you have your winter sports starting in the tail end of the fall season it's a busy time so but i think if you ask our everyone on campus they're ready to get back into the trenches get back to what we're used to doing i can only imagine yeah it must be great to have those sports back i'm certainly excited too but with the spring season finishing up and another year of Worcester State sports over, granted an extremely unconventional year of sports that it was, what are you looking forward to most in the fall and next year as a whole? You know, more normalcy, you know, just to be able to uh, watch our young men and women compete with smiles on their faces and practice, uh, seeing the wellness center bustling again. You know, obviously, if you've been in the wellness center this year, it's definitely quieter. The normal the campus is quieter than normal um you know the ebb and flow of the season is something that was definitely different this year anyone will tell you that works in sports there's a there's a feel to things you know a saturday a saturday fall day with a home football game there's a feel to it there's a timing to it um you know a hockey game on a saturday night there's a feel to it you kind of go through and that's kind of you almost get like a a high out of that, you know, it's why you do what you do. Same with the spring sports. So um, I'm looking forward to get getting more of the normalcy. And uh, I guess I'll say running around with my head cut off because it's a very, very busy time of year, especially until you get through a fall sport up until about November 15th. Um, it's extremely crazy around here from August 15th, to November 15th with all the sports going on. Everyone will tell you that works here. Um, but we also kind of love what we do and that's why we're doing it. And I kind of can't wait for that to happen. So it uh, looks like it's going to happen. We'll keep taking it one day at a time, but all indications are, you know, getting the stamp of approval from the presidents. Uh, that's certainly a great sign. Yeah. I can imagine you'd take the craziness over nothing at all. So uh, yes. <laughs> looking forward to next season. And but before we start to wrap up here, I did want to throw this in. Uh, you mentioned your background in hockey. Uh, and I think you're underselling yourself a little bit. You were a division one ice hockey goalie for St. Lawrence university. And I, I had to ask, 
did you ever give up a goal like Ilya Samsonov gave up <laughs> last night to Craig Smith? Any blunders like that in your in your career as a yeah. goalie? Uh, yeah, I don't know if it was quite like that, but I think I let in the bouncer from the red line at one time, not in a college game, but, uh, you know, the old dump-in bouncer, three-bouncer yep. bounced in. I think when I, when I was a, a banner, maybe that happened. But, no, listen, you know, uh, anything can happen. You know, that's why they say, just get pucks to the net. Smith, you know, Smith just went to the behind the net and you just never know what can happen. And kudos to the, the Bruins and tough loss for the caps, but you know, playoff hockey, there's nothing like it. And uh, that series is probably going to go seven. You can find two more evenly matched teams, but um, you know, it's too bad. He played a great game too. Sim Solonoff, he played great, but obviously there's a little bit of communication, uh, Something was off via communication there with the defenseman. And as you saw, Veshkin wasn't too happy about it. Oh, no, he wasn't. <clears throat> Samsonov was definitely out to lunch for just a couple of seconds on that sequence. Yeah, but yeah. I want to thank you so much for joining us today to wrap up this year in Worcester State Athletics. Is there anything else that you wanted to add before we let you go? No, again, I want to thank the two of you and Curtis for all you do. I know this year wasn't as... Um, I don't know if use the word rewarding as, as it normally would be to work in sports and sports communication, um, being there weren't a lot of games, but uh, I know you guys did a lot of work still behind the scenes for the department. Hopefully you guys got a lot out of it and uh, you know, don't be strangers, come back and see us. For sure. For sure. Thank you again so much. We appreciate all the insight you've been able to give us. All right, guys. Thank you. Thank you. And a huge thank you to athletic director mud for joining us today. Uh, obviously, Blake and I were there for the interview. Jacob, you got a chance to listen to it as well. But some really great insight uh, on the spring season and the upcoming fall season, as well as the women's ice hockey uh, new team at Worcester State. I want to talk about that for a second. What do you guys think of the addition to women's ice hockey to Worcester State? I mean, it's amazing. It really is. I mean, I know the viewers, they aren't able to see it. Um, but when we were talking to him, uh, you could just see the twinkle in his eye he had about uh, the season. I mean, he couldn't be more excited as a, as a former hockey player himself. You could just see how enthused and ecstatic he is to see the sport continue in another direction um, with this college. Um, and, you know, I think it's going to bring a lot of, you know, especially with the Becker girls coming over now, the team is going to be amazing. So I'm really looking for, uh, except looking forward yeah. to it. Yeah, you could definitely see how excited he was. And he's been like kind of wanting to do that since he ever became the athletic director here. And for now, it, for all of it coming in fruition, I mean, it's absolutely exciting. And with women's hockey just blowing up recently with all the and uh, WNHL stuff, I, I think it's awesome and a great addition to the Worcester State Athletics. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. You could see how excited uh, he was for the addition of women's ice hockey at Worcester State. Some great insight uh, on the spring season as well, how that all transpired and moving into the fall, how there will be the addition to sports. Uh, we mentioned it before our interview and he gave us some extra insight there. But uh, moving on, we recapped uh, a few sports in our last episode. If you haven't heard that yet, go check it out. We recapped the lacrosse season, uh, golf, both men's and women's golf, men's and women's track and field, amazing seasons all around for those sports. But uh, we've got some new information on the lacrosse team, women's lacrosse team this, this year. Lauren Arbeck and Lily Drendren of women's lacrosse were named to the IWLCA second team, all Berkshire region. Uh, Lauren Arbeck, a former guest in the show. I, I mean, more accomplishments for an already stellar season there. What, what do you guys think of the new awards? I mean, exactly. Every single week, it's just more and more awards <laughs> that are thrown Worcester State's way. 
Um, you know, and I had the pleasure to watch her play a couple times this season. Um, and it was, I mean, she put, she does amazing. I mean, she holds the defense on her, on her back. Um, it's, it's truly, uh, a award that she deserves and I can't wait to see what she has. Um, wait, so she, she's a senior, right? Yeah, she'll be graduating this year. Lauren Arbeck anchoring the defense. Lily Gendron, Rookie of the Year as well, yes. uh, and another award. So yeah. two all-region selections there. I mean, completely well-deserved on both ends. They are both absolutely dominant on the field. I got to watch most of the home games. And in nine games, Lily put up 22 goals and five assists, 50 shots, and 40 of them were on net. Like, she is just an absolute essence to have in the offensive zone. And I know she's going to have a phenomenal career at Worcester State. And Lauren, being a senior, she's gone, but she had a very last go-round, very good last go-round here uh, for Worcester State with 28 GBs on the season. She had the highest on the team, 19 caused turnovers, and just she led the defense completely. Her and uh, Abby Lozon, like they were absolutely phenomenal, very good on the pipe. And I, I'm just excited to see what this Lancers lacrosse team has in store for them for the future with Gendron being the main offensive player. For sure. And taking home the shared mass hacker regular season title just capped off an incredible seasons for the Lancers lacrosse team this year. Uh, moving forward, uh, women's tennis took home the five to four win in their one and only match of the season. The Lancers shared uh, secured wins, sorry, in all three doubles matches with the teams being comprised of Dominique Alves and Monica Malarski, Charlotte Mullane and Emma Collings and Becca Riley and Allison Langhorst. Mullane and Collings also pulled off singles wins to round out Worcester State's five total on the day. I mean, how clutch can you be taking home all three doubles wins to secure the win uh, for the match? What do you guys think of women's tennis? I mean, the program is just looking amazing. I mean, this year alone, they did great. Um, and I can't, I, I mean, I didn't get the pleasure to see them play this year, um, but I only heard good things. Uh, so, I mean, it seems as if they're only going up from here. Blake? Yeah, definitely. It's, uh, I mean, they only had one match, but it's very good that they got one win out of it. And I'm excited that the seniors were able to get a last go around and make the most of it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, a great uh, match 5-4 squeaked out the win uh, 1-0 on the season hey that's undefeated in my book so there, there you go <laughs> shout out to women's tennis there baseball also finished up their season ending the year 12 and 11 they played Framingham State in their last years of the season taking home three of those four wins four Lancers received all Mascac honors this year Pat uh, Galvin was named to the first team while Sean Devin Thomas DiBattista and Chris Osiello made the second team baseball finished up their season what do you guys think yeah I mean again just more and more achievements coming from, you know, Worcester State. It's just every week you see more and more of it. Um, I think it's just a real true attribute to how dedicated our athletes were this year. I mean, they really put it all on the line, and it shows with all the awards. Yeah, I mean, those baseball guys, they work very hard day in and day out all throughout the year. And a little stat rundown for all four of those guys. I mean, Pat Galvin, 28 hits with a 350 batting average and a 441 on base percentage with nine RBIs. That's pretty stellar in my books. And then the second team guy, Sean Devin, 18 hits, two home runs, 16 RBIs with a 352 on base percentage. That's phenomenal. And he had a perfect fielding percentage throughout the whole entire year. And uh, Di Batista, 24 hits, 11 RBIs. 11 stolen bases, most on the team. Another solid player for this team all throughout the year. And Chris Osiello with 21 hits and 11 RBIs. You just can't ask for much more than that from some of your top dudes. 
some great stats from the baseball season, uh, grinding out three wins in their last series of four games versus Framingham State to finish with an above 500 record. Great stuff there from the baseball guys, like you said, Blake and Jacob. Softball also ended their season 9-16-1 and one on the season, while four players were also named to the All-Maskic uh, teams for them as well. Uh, Brennan Meeker made the first team, while Samantha Stake, Rachel Sinclair, and Emily Bartlett all made the second team. I mean, just more awards, Jacob. Hit, hit me up with more of the energy. Exactly. More There's awards for Worcester more State. Awards <laughs> our way. And, you know, it, it, and again, like you said, they, they went nine and sixteen. It's not exactly the season they wanted, but they put their heart out there. You know, they really put their effort out there, and it shows. I mean, the amount of practices I saw them doing every single week, it was incredible. Um, you can see the passion in every single player's eyes when they were there. Uh, and they really care. Uh, so, it, it, you know, this records may not be exactly what we want, but the awards show it that they do, that they want it. Yeah, I mean, same thing here. Same as the baseball team. Another team that puts work in day in and day out, regardless of the COVID restrictions. Restrictions. They worked around them and they made the best of what they had. And I mean, Brennamika getting first team. She's a freshman as well. She had a 379 batting average and 29 hits. That's the most on the team. And then a 423 on base percentage, which is another stat, is the best on the team. And the other girls, Samantha Stake, Rachel Sinclair, and Emily Bartlett, they all had phenomenal seasons, great stat lines. They are very well-deserved awards there. For sure, for sure. A solid season for softball this year. I'm sure they'll be looking forward uh, to bouncing back with a more normal season next year as are every sport at Worcester State. But speaking of the end of a season, uh, this is Jacob and I's final episode on the Lancer Report, handing the reins over to Blake next year. Blake, the stat man, apparently, bringing through all the stats today. <laughs> hey, um, the stats today. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Jacob and I are now graduates of Worcester State, so uh, this will be our final episode. We started the Lancer Report back in the fall, uh, like I said, handing the reins over to Blake. Jacob, is there anything you want to say on the final episode before we start to wrap up here? You know, I think this has been like an awesome, awesome experience. Uh, I never really, I've always been a commuter, so I never really got to experience um, all the athletes, I mean, athletics of uh, Worcester State. Um, and this internship and this podcast really gave me the ability to do it. Um, not only that, but I mean, I got to experience podcasting with you, which, you know, you taught me a lot. <laughs> and, you know, so it's been a really fun time. I mean, our internship uh, mentor, Curtis Frazier kind of brought us down a little bit, but I think we picked it up. I think we did a good job with this. For sure. For sure. Blake, what, what are you looking forward to taking over I the mean, reins next year? I am very much looking forward to taking over the reins, but I'm going to miss you guys dearly. I had a phenomenal time working with both of you. You guys are awesome dudes and I wish you the best in the future, but I'm going to take on your teachings and further <laughs> this podcast, maybe, may, maybe make it go viral. We'll see. Yeah, <laughs> bring it national bring the lance report national <laughs> but, uh, every single podcast episode. <laughs> but yeah like jacob said thank you to uh the sports information director our uh internship uh mentor i suppose you could say curtis frazier for helping us run the show bringing us on board uh for all things worcester state athletics uh, i've had a great time uh this has been the lance report with the worcester state athletics department thank you guys all for listening and we'll see you guys next year